get in your chair. You're getting right. too aggressive. I'm good. It's good right where it's at. I just hate sitting. I'm worried about that. <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about spiritual disciplines. And, you know, I mean, so many times on the road, I get asked, how do you keep a prayer life? How do you study the Bible with this busy schedule of flying and everything that you and Lisa do? I just think it's so good that we, we talk about this today because ours looks so different. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love yours. Yours looks like it is the Christian way. Yours is like the organized, disciplined way. Mine is the disciplined, random way. And I love yours because I see results. <laughs> I you see hear re- from God, Lisa. I, thank and, you. And I admire that about you. So you, so do, you, you. do have, and I know when we've brought this up before in talking, you say, oh, I'm so undisciplined. No, I think you're a whole lot more disciplined than you give yourself credit for. And so um, I think it's good that we talk about this. Um, I, I remember when we were first married, I looked at it that way. Because when we were first married, I was like, because I remember we were making family decisions and about 80% of the time you were right and about 20% of the time I was right. And I was so upset. I was like, God, I pray an hour and a half every single morning. Lisa prays 10 minutes in the shower and yet she's, and during the drive to work. she's hearing from you better than I am. Um, and, and there was a reason. And the reason was because you had a listening ear. You had disciplined yourself to hear God. You know, I, I remember, John, when prayer began to change for me, um, was really when I started to always feel guilty about it. You know, I, we were in the 80s and it was kind of like, if you don't tarry an hour, then like Jesus is going to be trapped again in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, it was like this <laughs> whole guilt kind of thing about, could you not tarry an right. hour? And I was always the disciple falling asleep. I tried to I tried to pray in my closet and it was dark and I'd fall asleep or I'd, you know, start organizing it if the light was on. And so it was a very hard thing for me to actually be able to find my way on how to pray. And one of the things that really helped me was giving myself permission to keep a journal and begin to write down my prayers. And and when I wrote down my prayers, they became tangible. They weren't just words spoken into the air where I would forget that I had prayed it, but I would be able to write it down. And also I had, because I felt so much guilt about not praying enough, you know, I spent a lot of my prayer time apologizing for not praying. You know, and now you always would pray and I was apologizing for not praying. So pretty much my whole shower time would now have been... Now mine looked like this. If I missed a morning or let's say a morning was quick, I would be the next day spending all this time apologizing. So you had a lot of works mentality as well. I, oh my goodness, did I ever. And <laughs> I think what happened was, is that God changed it and he showed us, hey, prayer is a lot more for you than it is for me. And so, you know, it was really important that we learned that. Yeah. I I remember God saying, this isn't about something you do for me. This is not some spiritual thing where I need your prayers. It is actually about something that you need. You need to hear from me more than I need to hear from you. And I need to speak to you more than I need to hear from you. And it was one of those things where I realized, wait a minute, prayer is a privilege. I'm coming into the throne room of God and I get to actually come into his presence and I get to release things that are burdening me and, and pause and hear from him. That's amazing. When you think about it. Um, I just think about when I walked into the West wing of the white house, Lisa and president Bush uh, jr. Was, was the president of the United States. And I, I thought, wow, here I am walking in to the white house of the United States, but yet Every single moment of the day, we're invited to walk into the White House, the throne room of the universe. What a privilege. And I think when you start out with that attitude, 
because I was pretty excited about walking in the West Wing when I was invited to come and do a Bible study with his, his staff. I was like, wow, you know, and but now, you know, when you really think about it, the privilege we have to walk into the king of the universe's office and he's inviting us and he's anticipating us coming. I mean, he and this is the word you love so much. He yearns for us. He yearns for us to come. Word. I know you I hate that word. I think every woman out there hates that word. And can you explain why you hate that I, word? You know what? Maybe because I'm a mother of four boys, the word yearn sounds too much like urine. No, and no, no, no. Those are two different no, words. It, I know they're two different. Urine. I know. I know. But it's just too close. Okay. It, it's, but here it's, is it's the truth. Word. And this is the best. Uh, all right. So what's the word? He desires us. He desires yes. us intently. That's, yes. what, that's what the Bible says in the book of James. It says, God who created the heavens and the earth, he desires intensely to be with us. I think when we understand that, we look forward to coming to him, not looking at it as, oh, I got to have my prayer time now. And anytime we see it like that, we are not going to enjoy his company. You know, I, I never remember any of our boys saying, oh, I got to go be with my dad on the I, golf course. Yeah, you know, no, they, they never, love the golfing. They, I do remember them doing that about family night, though. Because we're taking away from our friends. But that was was their immaturity. Correct? That was their teenagehood. Yes, that was their teenagehood. Yes. They're like, what are we doing? But here's here's our opportunity to go and spend. And I think people need to understand there's different kinds of prayers. And our prayer life has evolved to understand that. I mean, there were times when one of our sons would come to us and say, I need $20 for a school function. That was a specific request. There was a reason he was seeking me out or you out because they needed money. And, that, and, and that's not a bad thing. They really needed it for that school function. There were other times they would come and say, you know, Dad, I'm really going through a tough time at school. And they wanted to hear your wisdom or my wisdom on how to handle that. So when we approach God, there are times that we're going to petition him. There are times we're going to petition him for ourselves, for other people, for the nation. But then there's times we need to come in and say, God, I want to know your heart. I want to know you. And I think that's my favorite time of prayer is when I'm connecting with him. You know, you said evolved. And I actually, I think that, you know, when we're children or when we're immature, all we're doing is asking for things. Yeah. But I do think that God is, he delights. I mean, one of the things that I love about the Bible is that you see the word ask. I mean, God actually really invites us to ask. And prayer is actually supposed to be a big ask. And one of the very first scriptures you ever gave me to study the Bible through the lens of was Ephesians 1, 16 through 22. And I'm actually going to read a portion of it from the message because I don't think people understand that prayer is actually an opportune, opportune time to ask God. It says, um, it says I, he, this is Paul talking to the Ephesians church. And he says, I do more than thank, because he said he already thanked God for him. He said, I ask. Ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of the glorious way of his life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. I think if people understood, we get to ask for that. That we get to ask for that for ourselves and ask that for other people, for the other believers. And it's not this scarcity mentality of God saying, now, if if Lisa asks for that, I can't give it to John. It is endless. It is boundless. It is overwhelming. And I know that you positioned me well early on in uh, my Christian walk that I could ask God that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I might know. And then he goes on to say the breadth and the width Mm -hmm. and the length and the depth. 
to know the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's, that's on, and he goes on and says that in yeah. the third chapter, yeah. but it's the same genre of what he's yeah. saying. And so God is inviting us to say, hey, now, now think about it. Here's the angels have been crying out holy because another revelation of him is coming for eons of ages. Who knows how long? Uh, ever since they've been created. And yet God says, hey, I want you to know the fullness of me. The fullness. Because Jesus is the expressed image of the Father. So this is the invitation from a, not yearning, but a God who passionately desires us, wanting us to know his depth. Now that is mind-blowing. I also also think there's a huge partnership. I think that God won't do anything outside of us asking him according to his word. You know, because it says, if you ask according to my word, if you ask anything in my name to the Father, it will be done. And it doesn't say anything except for, it says anything. And I think think we ask way too small because I don't think we understand this depth that we're talking about in Ephesians. But the truth is, I have found that God not only invites me to ask in prayer, he wants me to ask specifically about very unique things. And so when I ask specifically, it's almost like I recognize his hand more strategically. I have such an awareness. Now, wait a minute. I specifically asked for that. And then, you know, and then it happened. A lot of times I know this happens to you. And I know you're actually probably the one that taught me this after prayer meetings or after a meeting with a service, people come up and say, will you pray for me? And I, I will usually say to them, I prayed over everybody. And that wasn't a fake prayer. What, what do you, what do you want? And if they do not have something specific, specific. I said, I've already prayed over you. But if they say I'm going through this in my marriage, or I need this in my physical, or I, right. I'm fighting this, then that gives me something specific to pray. But when people don't have specific prayer requests, it's hard to get specific answers. You know, um, what about what God says? I mean, how about this? You have not because, because you don't mm-hmm. ask. Mm-hmm. And I think of Ezekiel 36, God said all of these things he was going to do for Israel yeah. and he lists them. And these were big things and specific things. But then you come down to the end of it in verse 37 and he says, I'm not going to do this until Israel asks me to do it. Now I'm just like, wow, these are all these m- big, huge destiny type things for the nation of Israel. But then he says, but it's not going to happen until you ask for me. And, and I think about Jeremiah, Jeremiah, or excuse me, Jeremiah writes in his book, it's going to be 70 years. And here's Daniel. And all of a sudden he realized, huh, we're two years away from it. So Daniel started asking and, and, and there's a lot of things. I mean, I want everybody to think about this right now. You don't have because you don't ask. Doesn't that give you a desire to start asking when you hear that? I love that. Yeah, I do too. You know, and the last thing I want to close with this, you know, it also says that before we even call on to him, he's already answered us. So he has answers waiting for us. And all you're out there and you're thinking, you know, I, I just don't know. You know what? God has an answer for you and you just need to ask. It's already, the answer is already prepared. You just need to ask. And That's when you powerful. ask, it's going to open up the portal between your heart, your life, and what heaven has a solution for you. So God says, before you even call unto me, I have answered you. And he says, if you ask me, I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. We need to not ask according to our understanding. We need to ask according to heaven's provision. Now, now wait a minute. We're, we're talking about spiritual disciplines here, Lise. And we've just basically touched on this prayer life. We haven't even talked about hearing from God. We haven't even talked about Bible study, fasting, getting a vision for, for, for maybe a year to come or for, for or a season to come, mm-hmm. fellowship. So I think we might need to do some more podcasts on this. What do you think? I think that'd be great. And I actually think there's a lot more on prayer. I know for me, worship is a huge part of my prayer life. And right. I, we need and to I talk really about want that. to be able to talk to that. Right. So what do you say we do it again? Okay. All right.